And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode 100 of Bubba and the Bloom. Big night, big night for the boys. We're going to preview the second uh, shortstop position for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. Did second base on Tuesday and get you going much, much more ready for 2024. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co host, as always, on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, congratulations, friend. Yeah, back at you, man. Um, we're not really big on, I don't know, self-indulgence <laughs> and, and celebrating this stuff, but 100 is pretty sweet. So It's a, it's a good one. We'll just I, I do have an IPA from uh, Corvallis, Oregon to kind of celebrate, but also it's been a long week, so we're, we're sipping on that as we go. But uh, yeah, man, happy 100. It's, uh, I know you've probably recorded 2,000 and across all your shows and whatnot but uh, i don't know since we started this thing less than two years ago to be able to see it through you know a lot of things you know life can get in the way and things just kind of stop i think we've been very very consistent in putting out a fun show an entertaining show an informative show and like i said kind of doubling down on it this year and getting there so 200 will hit quicker than 100 did yeah that, that's a that's a prediction yeah, it's, I think it'll come true too. Um, 100, it's the when I first started podcasting a long time ago now. Um, friends of mine that have podcasts in baseball and other podcasts, I have a friend that does an ag podcast that's very popular. Does He, he basically started that when I started baseball, but he did a lot more research because he's very business oriented. And everywhere he read and, and then things I would read, 100 is like the hardest part. If you can get to 100, then like, I'm not saying you're, you're coasting, but it's just that 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 100 number of consistency proves yep. that you're in it, that you got the work ethic, like, like this is what you want to do type thing. So, congratulations! And, and we've never done, we've only done like, I think three or four with a guest. We've yeah. never done one where it's just been w- one of us. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's that's pretty good. We've had stuff come up throughout we've had to shift nights and stuff every now and then but i don't know we've been pretty some, consistent some, some guy night, goes to the masters night. and stuff it's freaking ridiculous but yeah you'll know, never uh, let that one down you, no. you gotta go to masters just to freaking yeah square it's it like, up here like if your kid like gets one sick, vacation if your kid gets sick or something whatever i'll forgive that all day long yeah no he should stood me up for the masters guys should have been, should have at least done like a fifteen minute or from from the Augusta parking lot just to That'd keep the street going. No, from the Hooters down the street with John Daly. That'd have been good. Daly, I, th- I think uh, they let us record from the parking lot. Definitely yeah, not on the course. No, no phones, no phones. But no, it's been awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, like lot from the live shows to everything else, it's, it's going to be pretty pretty cool. And that's you know the two times a week was we kept saying we have you know we have big ideas, big plans. Two times a week, obviously, is a big part of the big plans. That's happening. We got listener leagues coming up. You guys basically filled three leagues already. So that's pretty cool. You guys are making that happen. Again, if you get to four, we're going to, you know, get you a pretty cool prize, four or more, and we'll get a good overall prize. And I'd love to tell you what it is, but you got to fill it up. And uh, we'll start tweeting. I don't that even out know here. what it is. So you know, Bubba's excited about it. So I'll, I'll take him at yeah. his word. We'll, we'll start tweeting it out next week. So we'll, we'll fill four plus pretty easy. I have a feeling. But, um, yeah, we do this for you guys. So fill those leagues up. We got a cool prize coming your direction for that. And then uh, we'll see where this the year keeps going. We got some live drafts coming up here. Labor that's on the books now for uh, later in February. We'll do that live draft. Um, probably a Super Bowl tradition will continue on Super Bowl Sunday. With, we'll see with hopefully, in an, an esteem one of the few get like I mentioned, we've only yes. had a few episodes with guests, but 
maybe the esteemed, the legendary John Legaza. Yeah, one of the better off-air moments I think we've ever had on the show. That I'm that, part yeah. of me wishes was on air. Probably glad it wasn't on air, but it was electric. Probably, probably legally this. shouldn't be. Yeah, but. it was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, you guys have been awesome. The the listeners have been um, crushing it. it. Goes from like listener questions. The rate and reviews have been great. So thank you to everybody involved. Absolutely. All right, let's talk shortstops. Uh, we did second base last week, and we had some fun with that. We kind of found our pocket that we liked, and um, the top-heavy guys were good for a reason, but then there were some things that fell off in the back end, and it became a very interesting position, to say the least. So we'll go to the other middle infield position, and before we get started, let everybody know what we're looking at on the bloom board. All right, our typical our typical board I've got up, where we've got the top 30 by ADP since Christmas pretty much, the last 16 NFBC draft and hold drafts, and then we have the steamer projections, uh, color coded for batting average, homers, and steals. So we can see somewhat at a glance. We definitely saw it at second base with the stolen base cliff last week, but we can see where um, certain categories start to fall, how many batting average guys there are, yada, yada. Um, to me, it looks a little deeper in terms of, well, definitely deeper. Then second base. Um, I don't think it's as deep as everyone. Well, maybe this is like a two-year-old take, but uh, as deep as everyone thinks it is, I think there's definitely a cliff after like 150, 160. Maybe if you want to include, we'll talk about Trevor's story a little bit later. Um, you want to get your 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 top shortstop in those first 150 picks, but uh, there are some stolen base options a little bit in those middle rounds. Um, there's not as many batting average guys as I thought. Like second base seemed a little bit more. You could you could get a good number of like 270, 280 hitters. There are only one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the top 15 by Steamer are projected to hit over 261. Like there's a, there's a lot of mediocre batting average guys at shortstop, which I wasn't really expecting. But uh, I don't know. I think it's the deepest position we've seen yet, either that or first base. Um, with different types of profiles kind of throughout throughout the draft. Yeah, no, it's definitely got a depth to it that we did not see last week. I agree. Uh, I like the depth of first base. Obviously, I'm biased at uh, the best position in catcher. Well, the catcher depth is just it's yeah. ridiculous. But um, the shortstop depth is pretty nice because compared to in years past, like even last year, I feel like there was kind of a cliff where it really dropped off and you didn't want to be left if you didn't like unless you're desperate to go later, you do have options here, as you said. So we'll, we'll get to some of those. And the flexibility, as mentioned, is a, a big part of this as well. But right now, uh, over the last, we'll say, 16 drafts now, since the December 25th, 16 draft champions drafts, the number one shortstop off the board is Bobby Witt Jr. He's got an ADP of about three. He's gone between two and four in the last 16 drafts. So that's his little wheelhouse. It's like Bobby Witt. J-Rod, that's kind of where most people do their negotiating. And Witt's coming off a monster year. Like last year is really kind of funny looking back now. The discussion all over Twitter and stuff was, should Bobby Witt even be a first rounder? Is he worth a first rounder? I'm throwing and, the L. I'm throwing the L in the camera. I was one of those. And I, I forgot you were, so I wasn't even trying to put shade your direction. But it was just, it was a massive already, conversation. Already coming but, after me, man. Already coming after me for I year still, old takes. But yeah, that, that's still, all right. I'm still, I'm still bitter after Tuesday. Now, um, there's a. It was, it was just a very popular conversation all over the place. And Bobby Witt backed it up. I don't think he cared what we were saying, but he backed it up. Thirty homers, 
49 stolen bases, 97 runs, 96 RBIs, hit 276. We saw plate discipline skills increase uh, back-to-back years of at least 150 games, which I think is really nice to see. And just one of the most important things to me, he's only going to be 24 this year. Like, you know, the year he put up last year, if he just continues to do that, he's worthy of the second pick. But there might be another level to certain gains that he hasn't even shown yet, which is really crazy to think about. So what's your thoughts on Bobby Wood? I did get my first share of him recently in one of the three drafts I have going on right now, which was which was nice because at least I can say I get to maybe enjoy the ride again this year. And I think, I mean, personally, I think this is a potential flaw in my game where I was, yes, out on of any, not out on Bobby Witt last year, but you have to pick everyone that kind of does those articles. If anyone in the first round who is, yeah. you know, the one you're not going to take. And for me, that was Bobby Witt. Um, I but took I Mookie think, Betts if it makes you feel any better. You did take Mookie Betts. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> so it makes you feel any that. better. <laughs> I was going to mention that, but but uh, we're, 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 we are transparent, humble, and accountable yeah. here on the bubble. And that's how we got to 100. Yeah. <laughs> 100 freaking episodes. Uh, as we don't take take ourselves too seriously here. Um, I think my 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 biggest whiff with Bobby Witt was like I did not think the 2022 skills that he showed were first round worthy. Um, however, he was 23 years old. Like you, I mean, with these guys with the prospect pedigree, like I don't want to say you have to bake in some improvement going forward, but you at least have to recognize the potential for these guys to really not only just improve, but blossom in like their sophomore season. That's, that's essentially what Bobby Witt jr. Did last year. The skill growth to me was just like off the charts. Bobby Witt improved his strikeout rate by four points, went from 21%, which is already pretty good. Improved that to 17%, which is really damn good in 2023 but not only did he strike out less he also hit for more power 21 more barrels in 2023 than he hit in his rookie season the barrel rate went up by three points you don't often see someone this age improve their strikeout rate so more contact and improve their barrel rate at the same time make harder contact and then the last thing is i mean he just ran wild with kansas city all season those 49 steals like that's such a boon to uh to fantasy value so um i mean to wrap it all up like i think bobby wood's the clear class of the position i think he's a top three pick but you just mentioned you took him in a draft i took him third i had the third overall pick in our current draft and hold and uh click bobby wood's name rather rather quickly i just think like the steamer projection i mean of 280 30 home runs 42 steals like that's that's absolutely ridiculous and that's a baseline projection again age 24 season coming up um pretty scary what he can do yeah i took him second over j-rod which it's not easy to do but uh, i like bobby quite a bit yep i could see that especially at the position and everything i'll I'll take my chances there the second shortstop off the board now is one trey turner who's got an adp of around 12 he's gone between 9 and 15 over the last 16 drafts and it was kind of a tale of two seasons for trey really rough start maybe three seasons depending on how you want to look at it a really hot stretch and kind of just got to the finish line. Did hit 266. You, you expect a better batting average, but still 26 home runs, second best of his career, 30 stolen bases, which is pretty much what you want. Got 102 runs scored, not bad. Um, just the 76 RBIs, maybe more, but you know, outside of 2022, that's kind of the norm. So, like, I looked at Trey for a different article I, I worked on recently, and 
you expected more because you're taking a second overall. You're expecting more steals potentially because of the new steals rule. That's the things you're looking for. But if you look at the end game stat line, it wasn't far off from what you get from Trey Turner. That was the thing. And maybe it was first year in a new place. He had the slow start and whatnot. But I think, uh, and obviously you do have at least one share. I know for sure that um, a Trey Turner at the end of round one, and maybe I'll be taking him in the listener or the um, the speakers draft next week that we'll be doing because I have the tenth pick. Um, I think it's a very very enticing draft spot for Trey Turner. Yeah, and, and we all talk about like how much of last year was a down year. Uh, Trey Turner finished twenty third overall in the Rasball Player Raider. Like to have that be your your terrible down year where your ADP quote unquote plummets to still finish twenty third overall is uh, pretty damn good. I think the question you need to ask yourself with Trey Turner is the guy has such a long track record of being elite. He's basically been a top five player in five by five uh, each of the previous three seasons. Um, and then, yes, you do have a down, quote unquote, down season in 2023. You have to ask yourself, is that the, the be- it's one of two things, the beginning of a decline, he's going to be 31 next year, or is it just a bad year and you rebound from and go right back to your baseline? I'm much more inclined to think uh, the latter that Trey Turner will, will bounce back and be, be just fine. I mean, the batting average, the last four seasons has been 335, 328, 298. And then, like you said, Bubba, 266 last year. Yes, he struck out a little bit more, but the, the BABIP was way down uh, for Turner compared to where it normally is. That's what drove the batting average loss. I think Trey Turner is like a 290 hitter. Uh, the power was there last year. He was 30 for 30. 30 for 30. Not not the documentary. That was his, that was his stolen base success rate last year. He was perfect on the base pass. So, like... I don't really see why Trey Turner can't snap right back to being top five might be a little speculative, speculative, but like top 10 for sure, man. Um, I think Trey Turner in the back end of the first round where he's going is, um, I don't want to say a steal, but like it's a no brainer for me. You're, you're buying the positive regression rebound, especially the way he finished. Um, I just think the writing's on the wall. He's coming back. Yep, if he just, if he does what he did last year, I'll take him at twelve all day long. Like, and I think there's that's like, the thing. Like, yeah, like yeah. if you yeah. took the twelfth overall player and you you knew beforehand before the season started he'd finish twenty third. Yep. Like that's, I mean, not ideal, but that's not bad, man. He's not he's not, not losing a year league. Let's put it that way. For sure. Yep. Where, where where many people at one point before he is hot stretch thought he was killing you, which he was kind of, but then that's why we played the whole season, obviously in roto, and um, yeah, he got the job done and. I expect an even better season coming up here. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. That's why when you got that uh, Turner Judge turn, that could come up. That could come back looking really nice that, uh, at some point in time. We'll see how it goes, but that could look really, really nice. The third shortstop off the board, one Corey Seager. He's got an ADP close to 20 right now. And uh, coming off his first uh, really, really strong. No, I'm just kidding. Back-to-back good years. Only played 119 games, though, after 151 in 2022. So the injury bug hit again. But 33 more home runs. Uh, hit 327, which is insane. That's, over, that's a 300 or better batting average in three of the last four seasons. Back-to-back 33 home run seasons. We know he's legit one of the best hitters in baseball. It's just a matter of staying on the field, which has always been Corey Seager's downfall. But even missing a bunch of games last year had an amazing fantasy season. So what's your thoughts on Corey Seager, who I do have a couple shares of already? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he'd, I think he'd be a first rounder if it wasn't for the health. The health. I mean, yeah. that that's really all it is. But even even with the health, I mean, Corey Seager has averaged 600 plate appearances over the last two seasons. Um, yes, he's been dinged up, but he hits near the top of a really good lineup that that turns over quite a bit. Um, so when he is healthy, I think you're 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 good. Um, four category stud, man. This is like, I. I I don't know. You're, I think you're you're getting a legit 300 hitter with 30 home runs in that lineup. You're getting close to 200 runs plus RBI. Um, I think from like a valuation standpoint, Trey Turner is probably. Let's see, where's he at? In my little, my little Trey Turner, Corey Seager. Uh, he's right at ADP, and that's with like no steals. So um that's the one thing you also need to account for is so we've talked in these previews yes there's some stolen bases at second base but only if you go early if you take trey turner have a plan for stolen bases because uh either take another shortstop early for did i say trey turner again i think so yes but we're letting it slide it's Corey jesus Sigurd. christ uh Dallas, little... Oregon, ipa folks no i'm just kidding it's been a long <laughs> week it's been a long you, you you've had a, a rough go. I'm gonna let you off the hook on this one. I will update my uh, since the second base episode. My kids have still been closed from daycare since oh. that episode, so it's been all week. Uh, Corey Seager, not Trey Turner. Corey Seager, um, just have a plan for stolen bases. Have a plan for stolen bases because his stolen base number is completely red in this little board up here. Uh, I think you need to take another shortstop or go early and get steals uh, if you need to. Or, I mean, maybe you punt steals if you're not, like, in an overall league. Corey Seager is uh, a way to do that. Yep, that is an option as well. Now one of the fun discussions the entire preseason, the fourth shortstop off the board, Ellie De La Cruz has an ADP of 23. He's going as high as 11, as low as 32 right now. Hundred uh, or ninety-eight games with the Reds last year, thirteen homers, thirty-five stolen bases, with a two thirty-five average, almost a thirty-four percent K rate. There's lots of ways to analyze this. There's the strikeout rate concerns. There's the but then you could look at the flip side, the improvements you made as the season went on at the plate, which are promising. But there's still some holes. Like I said, which concerns you? What do you? The concerns going to outweigh the improvements? That is your million dollar question on draft day. And right now, uh, at a at a second round pick, I want more stability and certainty right now. So I've been passing on Ellie. But again, people talk about it. He could be one of those guys that's a game changer. So what's your thoughts on Ellie De La Cruz? Because I wouldn't be like none of the pros and cons results. The percentile results would surprise me if he did really really well or it back in triple a at some point exactly and like so what i just said about bobby witt about you know me not projecting growth at at a very young age when these guys are just figuring out mobile pitching like ellie de la cruz this is my disclaimer like could absolutely go off and be a top five hitter like that's certainly within his range of outcomes um the strikeout rate has been much much maligned it is bad it got a little better but it's still really bad um i think a with the steamer 246 batting average projection is is fair if not a little high um the biggest thing for me though is i don't know how much power there is with ellie de la cruz like yes we we can talk about the he had some absolute moonshots last year we can talk about the whatever 117 mile an hour 
hit that he had the max exit velocity that a lot of folks like to um like to cite my big thing with ellie de la cruz so out of 212 hitters last year with 400 or more plate appearances ellie de la cruz out of 212 finished 211th in fly ball rate the only hitter who had a lower fly ball rate last year than ellie de la cruz was tim anderson um so it wasn't just like he had a bad fly ball rate ellie de la cruz had a terrible fly ball rate so you, he could have all the raw power in the world if he has another 21 percent fly ball rate like i'm just doing the math say he say he gets 600 plate appearances he strikes out 30 percent of the time maybe that's being generous so he puts the ball in play uh 70 of those balls in play only one in five go for fly balls that's down to 84 and let's give him a 20 percent homer to fly ball rate just for easy math like that's actually I mean, that's that's pretty good, but Ellie does have power. So out of all those fly balls, one in five go out. That's 17 home runs and 600 plate appearances for Ellie De La Cruz. Like, I don't know how you get much more than 20 home runs for Ellie. Um, we've got a, a, a comment in the chat from Thomas yeah. Travato. I'll take the over on Ellie's stolen base projection of 30 from Steamer. I, I would uh, certainly agree with that. Yeah. But... Um, what are we projecting at HQ? Yeah, We're that, more that, at like 35 to 40. So he had 35 last year, and maybe he ran pure, but they're also projecting him for um, 130 games. They're projecting him for like 32 more games, uh, 140 more plate appearances, and they have him five fewer stolen bases. That's a bit surprising to me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I take the over on the steals. And again, like maybe, you know, maybe he just lost it a little bit more. Ellie De La Cruz had a better fly ball rate in the minors than what we saw last year. So this could all come together and he's a beast. Um, but all that to say is I, I don't, it's, it's not a pick I'm going to make in the second round. I actually think you can take CJ Abrams a round or two later and kind of get the same guy. Uh, we'll talk about Abrams a little more detail, but uh, De La Cruz is not for me. It's interesting. Like, He's, he's almost, I think Vlad Sudler uh, tweeted this out earlier, but he's like everyone's second round fade, yet Ellie De La Cruz is still going in the second round, 23rd yeah. overall. Like he's still up there. Um, and I get it, but it's, well, not, it's, it's the old thing. thing. I, can't, I can't remember who quote tweeted Vlad's tweet, but he says, There can be 14 guys in your draft that hate Ellie, but as long as there's one that likes him, yeah. the AD, I think it was Yancey, the ADP is still going to stick. And that's yeah. kind of what it comes down to. So there's a lot of truth to that too. When we talk ADP, it's like, yeah, you might not like him. Most of your team, your draft might not like him, but as long as one guy does, it's all that matters. That's the, the end game right there. Honestly, the fourth or the fifth shortstop off the board is who I've been taking a lot off more often than LED the Cruz. And that is Francisco Lindor, who has an ADP close to 26, as high as 19, as low as 34 over the last couple of weeks. Lindor coming off a 31 31 season where he hit 254. With 108 runs scored and 98 RBIs. Uh, he's going to be 30 this year. This is a guy that used to be a 30-plus home run like monster. Had, had uh, an injury kind of season his first year at the Mets. Second year got things a little better. Really bursted back onto the scene this past year. I love Lindor. Um, it's a power speed asset that used to be a first-round talent. And somehow you're getting him second or third round, depending on what format you're in. So, uh, I, I love Lindor, and I think um, I think I have him like as my third shortstop off the board right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm full agree. Same page. Great buy. Like quietest thirty thirty season ever <laughs> last year. Francisco Lindor. Um, he's got like a Semyon esque. 
Marcus Semien-esque ability to reach like 700 plate. He just racks it up. And it, as long as you're lucky and don't have an IL stint, like Lindor is in there every single day. Um, like if you're, if you're nitpicking, like the strikeout rate is, is trending a little bit, but he powered up so much 89% success rate on the bases. Like I, I think Lindor could go 30, 30 again. Um, yeah. Like the batting average won't be great, but um, he's, he, for me, he's well ahead of De La Cruz. And for me, he's ahead of Seager just because of the balance. He's my number three at the shortstop position as well. Yep. Like him quite a bit. The sixth shortstop off the board is one Gunnar Henderson. Currently has an ADP of about 34 right now. And uh, coming off one of those years where people were like even dropping him from how things started out. And we said he was too patient and all these fun things. Finished the year, though, with 20, 28 homers, 10 steals, 100 runs scored, 82 RBIs, and a 255 average. The projections like him pretty close to that as well, which is good to see. Um, I think there maybe is another level to what we saw from Gunnar Henderson. If you think about the guy we saw more in the second half of the year, get a full season of that, that could be pretty, pretty sweet. I don't have a lot of shares because I usually take Lindor um, ahead of him if I have the chance. But it's nothing, I guess, against Gunner, and he's only going to be 23, so it's kind of like that Bobby Witt mold where I still think Bobby Witt's better than Gunner Henderson. Don't get me wrong there. But that growth we see as they get older, Gunner could take a whole nother step right now, and I would not be shocked with that at all. Yeah, I'm going to, again, as a little treat to the the YouTube crowd. Um, I put this out earlier today, but Gunner, yeah, you mentioned like the first, second half. What you're looking at here is a rolling average of Gunner Henderson's uh, plate discipline, basically his swing percentage, how often he swung at pitches throughout the 2023 season. And for those not watching, it is a very steady increase. Uh, I remember talking about Gunner Henderson with you like midseason last year. It's just like he was so damn passive at the plate which and drew a ton of walks which again in like real life baseball as a young player is probably a good attribute to have but for fantasy it's it's just not and Gunnar Henderson changed that completely as the as the season went on became far more aggressive and we saw in the second half um Henderson's numbers I think he stole five bases but he hit I think 17 home runs mm -hmm. um hit 270 almost the strikeout rate was so much better with the improved aggression. And best of all, it did not affect his power. Like the power was still there. He wasn't just swinging at everything and, um, and flailing. So um, I think, I think Gunner, you are taking a little bit of a, like, I think the price is baking in some improvement from what we saw, even in the second half last year. Like I think Gunner is, is fully priced, but this is a, like top two prospect who's entering his age 23 season next year. Like, I think it's fair to expect even more growth from Gunnar Henderson. So um, I'm, I'm actually in on him, which is not like one of my normal traits. Yeah. I'm look, I'm with you though. I'm with you on that one. I'm yeah, no shares yet, but if the uh, situation worked right in a draft, wouldn't be opposed. All right, the seventh shortstop off the board is Bo Bichette, as he continues to fall down shortstop rankings every draft season. Currently has an ADP of around 39. Bichette played in 135 games last year. First year he didn't get to 159 in the last two years because of injuries. 20 homers, five stolen bases, a 306 average, though, which was very, very good to see. So you'd hope the power and speed would come along. And it's one of those things he um, finished – Okay, let's put it that way. He's, he, he's had an up and down season is the best way I'll put it. 
So uh, what's your thoughts on Bobashek? Because he sure as heck ain't running anymore. I think that's pretty much in the bags. Then again, we all thought that. And then he had his monster stolen base season. So I guess anything's possible with Bichette. I just wouldn't count on it anymore. But, you know, if he plays his 159 games again, we might be talking 25 homers. And and most of the stat line looks pretty normal outside of that. Yeah, I think that's – I mean, the, the huge thing is will he, will he run again? I mean, I, I don't – I don't know if it's fair to say like he won't run again. I mean, he's age 26 next year. Like it could definitely come back. Um, but it's just crazy to see Bichette's stolen base total go from 25 to 13 to five, like in his, in his prime. He did have the two IL stints last year that limited Bichette in the second half. He had a knee problem and then like a quad strain. So maybe that explains a little bit of it, but he didn't run in the first half either. So I don't know what the hell – is going on with with Bo Bichette. Like the steamer projection is 12. I feel for stolen bases, I feel like it's either five or it's 25, which I guess that's why steamer projects the middle. But um it's interesting to see Bichette and Henderson on our board here. Basically the same exact steals, same exact homers. Bichette has 30 points of projected batting average over Henderson. Who would you take over those two guys? Among those two guys. I'd probably go Gunner over Bichette. I think that's where I'd be going. But uh, the batting average is a difference. Baby. We talked about that in a few positions because there's not as many as a, of, of them as there used to be, so it just elevates you tremendously because, you know, barring the injury last year, which was kind of fluky if I remember correctly, like he got a ball off his knee or something like that. It could be totally wrong. Um, he probably back to playing 159 games again, which is tremendous. That's a plate appearance machine like you're talking about. So, you know, if you can get 159 games of 300 average, that goes a long ways. Uh, I think I could go under Henderson, though, because I do think there's another level to what we saw with Gunner. I think there's a 35-15 dude there that could hit like 265 maybe, and that's going to go a long, long ways. It's weird that Bichette – so Bichette had 600 plate appearances last year, hit 306. He only scored 69 runs. The the Jays as a whole, man. The Jays, Jays man. Like, yeah. look at their team. They're like a year or two removed from being by far the best offensive baseball. Again, minor league stadiums, do what you wish with that. Um, they were dreadful last year. Just across the board, it was bad. Come on, Vlad. Come which on. Gives, which gives a very nice potential buying opportunity this year. Like, a lot of their ADPs are not, like, down, down, but down compared to what we've seen in recent years. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so, I mean, the, we've kind of been down on Bichette, but like the reason to take Bichette is that how many, yes. how many guys in, in baseball are 26 years old and have two first round seasons under their belt already? 100%. Like, like that's, that's what you're potentially missing out on. It's just well, him be going back to who he was two to three years ago. And he's one of those guys, if healthy, you wouldn't be shocked if he ran pure, got to 30 home runs. Yep. Maybe he runs enough to get you 10, 12, maybe he gets you 15. Who knows? But like, let's say 30, 10. If he pulls that off, now you're back to probably 90 runs, 90 RBIs, and hopefully hitting 290 to 300. That's a pretty, lineup is better than it was yeah, last year. That those, that's all a, those things. That's an amazing season if you get to that point. So then we're, then we're back. And that's, that's where it comes into drafting. That's why we do a lot of early drafts. That's why we do these shows. We'll do our pocket shows later on and all these things where it's like, okay, if I take this Bichette here at maybe what some are considering a discount because of recent years, but earned based on his season last year, um, but maybe you can take the upper percentile outcome as your projections say or whatever, start building your team in those 
factors and that that's kind of different ways to do it basically yep. so it's the fun game we play that's like f- more than 40 chess when you try to build rosters and maximize things and that's where um scheduling out your draft goes a long way if you can find time to uh to put it all together uh we'll get to some of these questions later guys zach netto we will definitely hit on later i promise you average chris taylor hater i love the name by the way that's outstanding <laughs> Of course, um, that's Bubba's burner account over there. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Uh, Thomas Travato in the chat. I'm down on Baltimore and Toronto players because of their home parks. That's fair. That's valid. But uh, I think their players are still pretty good where I'll take my chances. But I can't argue it. I'll say that much. All right. One of the players that's uh, – these players are always tricky for me because I had a lot of shares with C.J. Abrams last year. He was on, like, my gladiator teams. He was on DCs, picked up in Fab, but you didn't have to pay for him then. Now you do. Oh, yeah. TJ Abrams got an ADP of 41, as high as 33 right now. And he's coming off, obviously, a monster season where he hit 18 homers, stole 47 bags, hit 245, 64 rubies, but 83 RBI, or 83 runs scored. And the thing with CJ, which I loved going into last year, he was 22. It's going to be 23 this year. He's had that like prospect hype to him, but he never got a run to go play. If he struggled, the Padres sent him right back down. The second he went to Washington, I was like, this is beautiful because they have no reason not to play him. Like he, they're going to let him struggle, which he kind of did out the gate. There was no sugar coat that, especially last the year before when he got traded, he struggled to finish the season. Then he got his kind of feet wet and then he literally ran with it so it was a uh, beautiful thing with cj abrams i love him if you want to draft him here i will not stop you at all i think the more i do drafts if i end up with a he's a great combo with your seager pick phenomenal combo with your seager pick yeah uh, if you take like a freeman or a yordan or something this is your dude like this is the guy you need to circle and I, i'd love to see the guys that took him at 33 who he paired with because i'm guessing it was someone without steals so what's your thoughts on cj abrams because he's very good but there's a lot of potential outcomes with cj abrams as well he's polarizing dude there are a lot of smart people who are totally in on cj abrams there are a lot of smart people uh who are not i i am in i am in i think like I think the floor is actually pretty high because Washington just does not care. They have no reason to care in 2024. They're going to put Abrams at leadoff and they're going to let him run. Um, like one of my favorite stats in the baseball forecaster was Abrams. Once he, once he went to the leadoff role, he, we have a thing, stolen base attempt rate. So basically it's like when, when you're on first and second base is open, how often do you run? For Abrams, it was over half the time since he moved to the leadoff role, which is just crazy. And his success rate, when everyone knew he was running, his success rate was 95%. Like, that is just unbelievable. Everyone knows he's running, and he steals anyway. Like, we put an upside of 70 bags on Abrams in the forecaster this year. Obviously, that a lot of things have to go right to do that. Um, but I think he can get there. The, the power is not that bad. 7% barrel rate. Like, this is not a one-trick pony. I don't think. Like, I think C.J. Abrams can legitimately hit 15, 20 home runs if he compiles at bats. And the other thing, like, honestly, I don't know how this dude hit 245 last year. Like, he is so fast. He doesn't hit many fly balls. And he has a – he had a 19% strikeout rate. Like, I think – 
I, I don't know. Every every hitter establishes their own their own BABIP and whatnot, and uh, we'll see what Abrams comes out to over time. But I just have a hard time believing someone who puts the ball in play as much as Abrams did with his speed only hit 245. So I actually think, like, I'd take the over on uh, the steamer projection of 261, which is already projecting, like, some pretty big gains. Um, even if you take that projection, C.J. Abrams by uh, my little sheet here is the number 16 overall hitter um, and being drafted 30th among hitters. So, like, for all those reasons, I am completely in on C.J. Abrams. I know the draft price is pretty high, but I'm willing to pay it. Yeah, he, he had an interesting season, I'll be honest. Like, if you go month by month, 226 average, 247, 216, 327. 327 is pretty sweet. 223, 228. <laughs> it, it was just like a, a weird season. Where he, he, outside of, like, one really good month, his average was kind of not great at all. Right. But he was like, you know, three or four home runs almost almost every month. What the what the Im, Im, really interesting thing is, it's kind of like you said, people knew he was running, he ran. Uh, it was – July or in um, I'm trouble reading here. Uh, March, April, May, and June, the first three months basically, he had nine total steals. Then he had 16 in July, 13 in August, nine in September and October. Like <laughs> yeah, he, the second half of the year, he had 33. Like, is what you're saying. I'm just like, like, when you just look at it, kind of even broken down even more, it's just like, goodness gracious. It was um, pretty insane to see uh, how that all came through fruition with him, but. The, the other part I will say as a plus is, and this is where I think the bad average thing could, t- could kick in, is even in August, September, when he only had like 226 or whatever it was, in uh, early in the in the season, 22% K rate, 27% K rate in June. Then he had a 13.4% K rate in July, 166 in August, 175 in September. So second half of the year, a 16.3% strikeout rate. That is phenomenal improvement at the plate. Like that is what you would love to see, especially from a guy you just want to get on base. So I'm just, you know, we have some extra time because we're not going to talk about many more guys on the show. So I just wanted to look at CJ some more just because he is so polarizing. And I've seen people kind of nitpick at this, that, and the other. But what I'm trying to say is I've seen some major improvements, even though the batting average outside of one month looked pretty suspect. There are so many other things that look really good. The speed, like you said, people knew he was running. It's like Willie Mays Hayes when you watch Major League. He get on base, everyone's like, he's going to steal. Boom, boom. Didn't matter. That was C.J. Abrams. But the strikeout gains, that was pretty pretty strong stuff from a 22-year-old ball player. So, like, I would take Abrams over. So, yes, I, I agree. And, like, I think, I don't know. I just, what's the, I think the floor is pretty high. It should be. He did it all this be. in his age 22 season. That's the his other first, thing. And it's his first full run, basically, on a bad baseball team. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even like a team that had like support around him, given the Nats actually, you know, they had Candyman for a bit and Manisas got better in the second half. But as a whole, let's be real. Are they a real good baseball team? No. So, yeah. A- Abrams or Bichette? Abrams. Abrams or Gunner? That's a great one. I'd probably say Abrams, but at the same time, I think there is another level to Gunner where he gives you more of a five-category production. It's good. It's a good answer. Lindor. Oh, Lindor, easy. Okay. It's Lindor, easy for me. That's about, a five-category. What, what about Ellie? Because I comp these two. I, I oh, comped no, Abrams and Ellie earlier. It, it's a phenomenal comp. I saw that. I'd take CJ. I would, too. I would, too, yeah. like straight up. And, again, could very well be wrong. I think Ellie's, Ellie's ceiling is probably higher than CJ Abrams's. I think that's there's fair. power there. Very fair. But for this year, I think, I don't know, maybe it's a hot take, but yeah. I think Abrams is uh, the better play. I think, did you tweet that out? Or am I, I think, miss 
thinking that one. Maybe not. Um, so. But basically, what I was going to try is I like that comp because, and I I did it lazily like as a joke early on, and now I'm seeing it everywhere too. Is, is you would you rather have Ellie Cruz or O'Neill Cruz because there's a lot of similarities between the two last names, their skill sets, like the, at least the way they look like they play. But I think in reality, especially draft cost, Abrams versus versus uh, Ellie is pretty pretty solid. I like that a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting when we do like some other shows in, say, February, where all this is starting to shake out, and and then in March when pitchers and catchers and spring training's up and running good, and gonna be fun. Gonna be fun to say the least. All right, I, I mentioned there's only a few more players to talk about because yeah. we, were fortu- we were fortunate. We were fortunate that um, there is. We said it at the beginning of the show that there's a lot of second base shortstop eligible players. So, obviously, second base on Tuesday, talked about a ton of players. It was a blast. We were very happy to see one through eight, shortstop only. Like, that's pretty sweet. Number nine is Nico Horner. We went pretty heavy into him on Tuesday. So, if you need to uh, – if Ryan wants to give cliff notes on these, he's more than welcome to. Otherwise, I'm going to say I'm going to point you to the Tuesday show, 90, episode 99. And number 10 is Matt McClain. We talked about both of them. Did you want to say anything real quick or – you want to move on to our next? Yeah, no, I'd say I'd say yeah. Listen to the second base show for our takes there. There is one. Um, so number eleven is Hasyong Kim. We talked about him too. We talked about him. I'm trying to find. Oh, your thread today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric Samolski gave a good a good little stat about Hasyong Kim that I think so he listened to the pod and 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 offered this up. Um, something about pulled fly balls. Pulled fly ball rate. He was. Kim was very basically you're saying Kim's power is more repeatable than we'd think because of his pull five ball rate yes. showed that it was more of a skill than a like luck box situation. Yeah. And it kind of led to this discussion about pull five ball rate, how sticky it is. And Alex Chamberlain chimed in with a graph. It's like, there we go. Now we're, now we're, now we're digging in. Um, and Alex pretty much said that it's, it's, it's pretty sticky. Like how often, uh, you pull in your spray angle and that sort of thing. Um, here's Eric's tweet. He said, love the show. Something to note. Kim hit 17 home runs on 40 pulled fly balls. He can get to his power a little bit more uh, because of that. Um, so that was Eric's kind of, I don't want to say rebuttal, but I was pretty low on Kim's power. Uh, but that's just something to consider that Eric brings into the into the conversation, that, that Kim's ability to pull the ball more often um, – could get that home run total up closer to 20 than what I'm thinking, which is down closer to 10. So just wanted to add that on since the second base show. Nope, that's very, very fair. I saw like Jorge Montanez tweeted something out right before the show about Thyro Estrada and um, basically how he was playing before he got hurt and where he finished up, and it basically lined up with how Kim's season did go. That's like the pace that yep. Thyro was on. We kind of talked about that on the show. So just another voice basically pointing out like so people – I'm not a homer given Jorge is a Giants fan too, but um, it, it's he's very smart and a very good analyst. So seeing him kind of break things down and putting numbers to it, uh, another kind of example of when we'd said, why draft Kim when you have these X amount of guys coming up here in a bit? That was their discussion. But to Eric's point, if you believe in the power, maybe Kim's worth it. That's the interesting angle there. All right, let's talk ADPs 11 through 20. And I, again, these next two sections, we do 11 through 20, 21 and deeper. We didn't want to duplicate players we used last time because that was the easy way. Like, literally, I would have been Luis Rangifo again. Not going to bore you with that on four <laughs> shows. So, um, 
yeah, we tried to be different. So we might not be like in love with these players, but we'll give you our thoughts on these players. That's the best way I'll say it. So who's your first one in ADP 11 through 20? Yeah, that's a good disclaimer. Like Estrada falls into that. That that thing here is uh, Tyro Estrada is the 16th shortstop off the board. And from a valuation standpoint is is better than several guys going ahead of him. So, um, but my pick is Dansby Swanson. Like, I know this is like the most boring safe play of all time, but the floor is just rock solid with Dansby. Like, I think you're getting 25 homers, 10 steals. Um, I don't know what you're getting batting average. That's the only thing with Swanson. The last four years, it's, it's yo-yo 270, 248, 277, 244. Like, where is that going to settle in 2024? I think you kind of just take the average and say like 260. I think if you get a 260 bat, who plays every day with 25 homers, 10 bags, uh, with the consistency that uh, Dansby Swanson has shown the last few years in a pretty good lineup. Let's see if they re-sign Bellinger. Um, I just think it's like a it's a play where you're going, he's going what, in the early ninth round um, in drafts, and it's just very bankable, well-rounded production at 123. Yep. No problem with him. It'll be a second year in Chicago. So like I like those yeah. kind of guys coming off down seasons after their first year at a new place. I'm a fan of uh, taking those chances there. For me, I'm going to go with Xander Bogarts. It's the boring veteran that used to be drafted a heck of a lot higher. So uh, get him at ADP 113 right now. Xander coming off a 285 batting average. He's at 285 or higher in eight of the last nine seasons. That is a great batting average asset, as we have mentioned at other positions. And over those nine seasons, one, two, three, four of them have had over 300. So um, he's been that kind of guy. 19 homers, got 19 steals last year. That was the shocker of all. It's I did not know high. that at all. Like, I didn't yeah. even know that till today. I saw your pick, and I looked him up. I was like, what the hell? He stole 19 bases last year? Yeah, he took advantage of the new rule, it sounds like, because – Prior to that, his career high was 15 back in 2017. He had 8-5-8-4-8 eight, eight, in the last five seasons <laughs> prior. So the 19, we'll see if is this is a Boba Shet thing where we never see it again, or is he more of a 10 or 11 steal guys, which projections have been 11 steals, which would be great. Uh, they have him at 20 homers. He had 19 last year. He's he's probably like an 18 to 22-ish guy, give or take. Um, he had a big wrist injury last year. That was the thing, and he had a couple shots, but he had some work done on it this year that's supposed to have him kind of good to go now which you got to knock on wood and hope it's a wrist injury that, that can bounce back. But he's only going to be 31. So if he can get over that wrist deal that he flat out said has been bugging him for a few years now, which, you know, he, he had 19 homers this past year, 15 the year before, after basically being a 20-plus guy for three straight years, not counting 2020, obviously. So maybe the wrist was as bad as it sounds. And if he can get that fixed with maybe a new lease on life on steals, Padres often should still score a decent amount of runs with that batting average. Bogart's one of the more boring, but very stable picks you can make as the draft goes on. I love it. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the wrist thing because I do feel like, yes, Bogart's does get labeled as that safe, boring guy. But if the wrist really kind of held him down, he'll only hit 19 home runs. If that's good to go this year, tack on the stolen base prowess that he showed. Like there could actually be some, like a, a higher ceiling than most think with with Xander. It's also really interesting just looking at ADP at this position. So we just took two guys that are going right next to each other, Bogarts and Swanson. Um boring old veterans. Sandwiching those two guys is O'Neill Cruz and Anthony Volpe. Like 
like talk about like different draft styles and who you might want to take and how much risk you want to embrace like that's crazy that those guys are pretty much right next to each other in adp and just wildly different uh profiles well and to be fair also like that o'neill cruise it drops off like 40 yeah picks it does to get so you're almost three rounds before you get to xander dansby volpe tyro and company and there's another drop of like 20 picks another drop of 20 so as they start spacing out compared to early in the draft as well yeah agreed all right who's your next guy um just lukewarm on this guy i mean this is your boy this was yeah. your boy he stung quite a bit but i don't hate him i, I still think there's something there I'll, I'll be honest lukewarm because frankly you took my pick uh bubba so i'm, I'm taking willie adamas oh with you- the next guy you you took uh you took Trevor's story, so I'll give you that stage. Um I just think with Adamus, like he had some concussion issues in May and June, and like or yeah, and June was his worst month of the season, rebounded pretty well. I just think you're buying someone who the previous two seasons hit over 25 home runs with good counting stats. Like, yes, the batting average could be could be down, but he's not going. Adamus isn't going to hit 217 again. He's only 28 years old. Like I think you're just buying somebody who doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world or whatever. Like this isn't a breakout pick for me, um, but I just think you're buying someone on at a depressed price coming off a down year who's still just 28 and young enough to rebound. The other reason I'm taking Willie Adamus is just the state of the position after Willie Adamus. It gets pretty ugly like very quick. So Adamus is going at 186. Your next guys off the board are Ezekiel Tovar, Jackson Holiday, Jeremy Pena. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys are at ADPs 196, 222, 224. So I'm kind of highlighting Adamus as like one of the last few, like quote unquote, dependable shortstops with the track record that you can get. Um, he's like the 17th or 18th shortstop off the board. And again, ADP 186. So if you're if you're really waiting on shortstop, Adamus is probably the last guy you would want to take uh, to start at shortstop in addition to uh, Trevor Story, who you're going to talk about next. Yeah, I do. I do like Adamus, especially for the reason the drop off, like you mentioned, if for some reason you're waiting or if the middle infield's getting murky, I do think he might not be that kind of elite guy I was once hoping for, but he's definitely better than last season. Like I'm yes. pretty, co- I'm pretty confident in that. So, another guy that's getting quite an ADP drop just because of a, a season's production. That if you look at the whole pick, like the concussion thing, man, we talked about it with Rizzo and other guys. Like those are no joke. And who knows how healthy he really was when he came back? So, I I, I would take my chances on a at least a better season from Willie Adams. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Trevor Story for me. We kind of can't remember what show we talked about him on. We talked about him already, but um, ADP of one seventy seven, eighteenth shortstop off the board i am kind of the way i'm willing to live and die with anthony rizzo i'm willing to live and die with trevor story at this adp um make sure you're good in batting average i will say that much because 203 this last year 238th year before he ain't in colorado no more where that's bad bit heaven he's in boston so you're probably hoping for 230 to 240 um if all things work out but what i'm pretty confident you'll get and the projections agree you're going to get back to a 2020 guy. He's not going to be the 35 home run, dude. That ain't going to happen, but maybe 20 to 25 homers and the speed's legit. Cause even the power didn't come back full heartedly three home runs last year when he hit two Oh three, but in 43 games, he stole 10 bags. That's beautiful to see. He had 33% K rate 
the worst of since 2017. I expect that to get better too. Cause the thing I keep remembering is when he, the injury news came out, I already drafted him in all three of my gladiators. Um, he was supposed to miss the entire season. That was the news that came out. He came back quickly, quickly, quickly. So who knows how ready he really was to come back. Maybe his bat speed wasn't even fully back yet because he was coming back. He had the brace Tommy John type procedure that allows you to come back a little quicker. I think a whole basically off-season removed from that, almost a full year removed if you really start thinking about it. We might get a much better – we should get a much better Trevor Story this year who's going to be 31 years old and I think, you know – as the draft goes on to get a potential 2020 dude at that point in the draft, you can sign me up for that almost every day of the week. It's interesting to see uh, Story versus Anthony Volpe, who we haven't really talked about, but they basically have the same steamer projection um, of just very bad batting average, but 2020 guy. Um, yep. Story's going almost 50 picks later. You could argue, yes, Anthony Volpe has a higher ceiling, and that's probably right. Um, I would argue Trevor Story has the better track record and safer playing time picture yep. in yep. Boston. So um, I like it. Just, yeah, be prepared for a batting average sink, but uh, not too many 2020 guys going in uh, ADP of 177. Like so, Weirdly enough, you could – weirdly enough, and it's risky as hell, you could pair him with Corey Seager if you want. He could be your uh, middle infielder. I, I thought you were going to say Zach Geloff. No, 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 no. But like we were talking about the Seager pairing – and yes, ide- no, I ide- like that. ideally, like you'd that. want to take care of that earlier and not risk it. But if you maybe move story up a round or two and just be aggressive with them, that's a pairing that could offset pretty nicely. And then now you're talking a combined like 275, 280 average with maybe 55 home runs and 25 stolen bases or something. That's a yep. pretty solid setup right there. So, yep. Yep. Think and again, it. you're not you're not paying for story like the ADP is. Yeah, and if and if for some reason, it's like my Rizzo comment, if for some reason he's just broken now, he drop his ass. He's cheap, like you don't worry about it, and I'm good with that as well. All right, let's go ADPs or uh, 21 and beyond. Again, sorry everybody, I will not wax poetically against about Luis Rangifo again for you, but we Come have some on, good let's players. Do it. You did it. You did it on. Uh... Thanks for public. Different show, different different audience, and I had to. And Prep is back to me, so it was great because he likes all his angels, and we love that. Um, he does. He does. But they are at a good price this year. I will tell. I will give him that much. The angels, they're all depleted prices this year, which makes it entertaining. But uh, who's your first? Oh wait, it's an angel. So who's your first one? Professional segue. Uh, it's Zach Neto. I think Zach Neto is and and you talked about this with daniel on your show like for as bad as the angels might be their guys are going to play especially zach netto um, as long as he's healthy uh, this is a guy who was the 13th overall pick in 2022 uh showed showed impressive i think impressive power and speed combination um as an age 22 rookie and so i just think like at netto's price which is 268 um Who's to say he can't be Trevor Story or and thus Anthony Volpe going 100 picks earlier? I do think there's some like I, I think there's some batting average risk with Neto, but I think the power speed is is pretty solid. And again, as long as Neto is healthy, um, he's going to play every day in Anaheim. Yeah, I'm with you. He was the one of the guys I would have talked about for sure. So I'm glad you did. Because most of this range we've already talked about. I'm going to be very honest that the guys I like because I do not like this cliff that is about to happen here but 
I will highlight a couple guys that I think are interesting. One is Jose Caballero, ADP of 485, second base shortstop eligible. Came over from Seattle last or in the trade for Luke Rayleigh uh, about a couple two weeks ago, maybe. And um, I want to highlight him because he's going to be the starting shortstop, most likely, for the Tampa Bay Rays, at least start the season. We'll see how it goes from there. But um, Taylor Walls will not be ready to start the year due to injury. Um, obviously, the aforementioned player not to be mentioned uh, will not be around. So they need shortstop help. And uh, that's one big reason they traded for Caballero. And Caballero had four homers and 26 steals in 141, 104 games last year. Only at 221, but he's shown this speed throughout the minors and a better batting average throughout the minors. Um, and he has a pretty good glove. So if you're just in a deep, deep situation, if you're in a draft and hold a 50s or a DC, Caballero is a dude I like because he's going to play and he's going to run like crazy and he's out there. Um, so that's just my two cents on him. I don't like, I'm not in love with Caballero, but he will play a ton out the gate for sure. Yep, well, playing will get you some bags. So it's, it's something. It's a pulse. Yep. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on your second one. Uh, yeah, this is like, I don't know, I, Vaughn Grissom. Uh, similar to my like a Luis Arias pick, second base. It's more just to open the discussion like a heads up. Um, there's some real risks that Vaughn Grissom is back in the minors this year and not playing in the big leagues. But I do think with the trade to Boston that he is going to be their starting second baseman, which was the issue with Grissom last year in Atlanta uh, that ultimately, at least that's what the team said, took him down to AAA was uh, to work on his defense. And so, like, I'm not saying if Von Grissom starts in the majors and gets a full-time playing time, he's going to break out. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's enough power uh, to, to do that. Steamer is projecting a 285 batting average, though. And let's see, where's, where's HQ at here? like 18 bags and like eight home runs. So it's nothing like special, but I think if you want somebody who's young and, and this time a year ago, whose ADP was way high, there were, there were smart people on the Von Grissom train. Um, how much of that can, can change in a year? I think he hit like three thirty in triple a last year. Um, I just think this is one of those like post type guys whose ADP is really down, but he's, going to have a job and at least get a chance to see what he can do. Similar to what you were saying earlier, Bubba, too, it's it's almost a binary decision. If you take Vaughn Grissom late in your draft and you're in a fab league, doesn't work out, it's an easy cut and you move on. And that that's the type of player, the type of like decision I want to draft uh, late. I don't want to take a boring veteran late who's just going to play because you tend to hang on to those guys a little bit longer than you should 100 percent. it's one thing i've learned talking to guilds and many other very successful nfbc players just those last picks is you know some guys like to get those like you know michael brantley's or something that you know is going to play every day and do just enough to keep you going where in reality you want those guys that are either going to play great and you want to start them or play so bad you want to drop them. You don't want that middle ground. You want to churn and burn for the next best thing so you can take chances on uh, improving your team instead of just leaving it boring. Like Andrew Benintendi was the best example I heard. It's just one of those dudes you yes. never you, you never, never wanted, wanted to draft drop, him late. Yep. But it was just like he was he was hurting your team if you played him. Like it yep. was the worst thing ever. So yeah, it's a good way to good way to think about it. My last guy I'm optimistic on. Now, do I think you might you draft him out the gate? Maybe, probably not. More of a watch player guy in a fab league. Definitely, I love him in in draft and holds. I have a few shares already. 
Nancy, like I'm gonna might butcher it. Leo, Leo, yeah, Leaver Pagero. That's what I'm gonna say. It. Could be totally butchered. wrong. Butchered, completely butchered. I don't know but, how to say it either, but yeah, there you go. I didn't butchered. Pittsburgh Pirate shortstop. Um, and he should be starting the season with the team, and I think he'll get plenty of run here. Last year, 237, seven homers, six steals, and 59 games. Throughout the minors, pretty solid power speed, especially guy had a couple seasons of 28 bags. Um, I, I like this potential upside of Pagero quite a bit. I think the projections are off in 99 games. They have him for 10 and 10. I think it's more like he plays 140 games and you get 15 and 30, maybe if he runs real pure. Like I, I like Pagero a lot. I think there's much room for improvement. He's gonna be 23 this season. Now the counting stats might suck because it's the Pirates. There's no sugar coating that at all. But uh, the ceiling you could get with a second base shortstop Pagero at an ADP of 485 right now. He's got as high as 402, as low as 679. I do like the upside a ton with him. If you're looking for a power speed guy coming late, there ain't many of them. Pagero is one that I have definitely pushed up the ADP on in certain drafts. So I'm a big Lieaver, Lievor, Pagero fan. Regular players on bad teams. And yeah, you're digging deep on that one, which I which I like. Um, like this in the t- territory where you're just throwing darts, especially in draft and holds. So and I yeah, I believe you took him in our draft. I forget which yeah. round. I'm I'm waiting for the three drafts I'm in. They're both like in the mid forties right now, rounds it's before I start updating my player shares because I'm really curious on how many Pagueros I have, to be honest. You took him in the twenty-sixth round, right after I took Mitch Hanniger. So probably advantage Bubba on that one. And to be fair, and I know it's 26 times 15, that's eight, that's a 390. So that would be a a max. That's why it's not in the system yet. So I might have taken a max on the A for Picaro. I don't know if I should be proud of that, but or men, I, I always screw it up, whatever. The yeah, that, that'd be the men, I think. Men, yeah, my bad, the men. So we'll see how that one goes. You're Braxton Garrett. Yeah, no, not quite, <laughs> not quite to that level, friend. Don't, don't, don't throw that on me. Don't that booty on me, buddy. Not quite there. Um, all right, let's do some <laughs> listener questions here. Right, actually, final thoughts on the shortstop position. How you feel like attacking the position? How do you feel about the position and all that good stuff? Yeah, just lukewarm on the end game, guys. So I think, uh, I think if you can start Whit Turner, I, I think Seeger Lindor. If you're looking early round, C.J. Abrams for me is also in that mix. Um, my targets in the middle-ish rounds would be Xander Bogart, Stansby Swanson, Estrada, and then a little bit later, Trevor Story and Willie Adamas, like last ditch. You don't want to go and wait after that uh, outside the top 200. So those are kind of the targets. Um, pretty fun position. Pretty fun position. A lot of different types of profiles in terms of like not only just average and speed, but young, old. A lot of young guys, like we talked about, mm-hmm. I think a handful of guys who are like 23, 24 years old, which is yep. exciting as hell, not only for 2024, see what they do, but long-term as well. Yep, most definitely. Um, it's I found myself in this position, actually. It's a position I end up getting early in drafts so far, but it's also a position like I'm coming back with a Xander, with a Thyro. Um, I'm definitely doubling up on this position with some something in those – uh, early one, early to mid one hundreds as well. So, about, I'd say by like ADP one fifty, I probably got two shortstops. But that's that a way. yeah, that's a like I that's a good point. I'd add, I think on most of my teams, my middle infield is going to be uh, it's going to be shortstop and not a second baseman. 
Yeah, so that's kind of the drift now. It's, I don't have like a strict pocket like at second base where you're pretty much neutralized, but uh, it's definitely I'm, I'm I'm walking away most likely with two two shortstops by 150, give or take. So we'll see how that goes. All right, some listener questions here before we head on out. Doink Town Danny. What's the difference between Corey Seager and Jordan Alvarez? Keep up the good work, boys. It's Ooh. when I first saw this question, I thought it was a troll account. Then I looked at him, like, that's actually a really good question. No, that's, that's like a, a really good one. Good, yeah. Because, you know, we think Jordan is this big power guy with a good average, doesn't do much running, of course, but he gets injured a lot. Well, there's a lot of Corey Seager in that statement right there that I just made about Jordan Alvarez. And Corey's actually been healthier over the last couple of years than Jordan Alvarez. So it's a really fun question. I'd say just off the top of my head without opening up every page I have is Alvarez higher power ceiling. Yeah. Seager's the better hitter. That's where I'd go with it. That's the layman's easy way out. But you probably have a much smarter answer than I do. No, that's it. I, I mean, I think I think Jordan has 50 home run power. 100%. I don't think Seager does. No. I don't think Seager does. And I also think Jordan like, probably doesn't have the batting average of a Seager. But he has hit 306 and 293 each the last two seasons. So, like, it's not that far behind. So, like, I would take Jordan over Seager, I think. Uh, Seager, and this is just totally gut feel, feels safer than Jordan, though. Like, Jordan, I mean, we talked about him, the Greg Oden of baseball. Like, he just feels like his knees, like, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like someone who can make it through a full season. It's bad. It's bad for sure. So, yeah, I'd probably maybe, it's it's tough. Maybe I'd go Seager. I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. That's a that's a really good question. It's a great question because I've always gone Jordan without even thinking twice about it. But this made me think twice about it, and now I'm not sure that's the right position. I guess my only like argument behind it is I need five outfielders. We've talked about how that gets wild quickly, and we'll yeah. get into that in the coming weeks. Um, so that's probably the angle I go with there. And I was at the right angle, maybe not, but. Uh, it's definitely an interesting one. Like, do you want that ceil- power ceiling or do you want that more of a four category, really good floor? Like, that's kind of where you're going, man. It's interesting. Very good question. Very good. Uh, Britton Allen, our buddy, says, Congratulations on your 100th episode, Bubba and Ryan. Thank you, Britton. Uh, yep. Which shortstop do you like best out of these post 380p? Vaughn Grissom, Orlando Arcia, Ezekiel Duran, Mason Wynn. Who is your favorite out of those four? I'd go Grissom. Um, I feel like Arcia is, is that Benintendi guy we talked about. Maybe I'm maybe I'm selling Arcia short, but like I feel like he's a guy somewhat safe. He's going to have a job, but like when do you move on from that? So I'll go Grissom just just because I like to kind of throw darts at higher ceilings at that point in the draft. Yeah, Arcia two sixty four, seventeen homer, sixty six runs, eighty five RBIs or sixty five RBIs. Yeah. Not a bad season, but pretty blah, as you mentioned. The one I want to look at because I wanted to say Ezekiel Duran out the gate. This is one that you um, took him in our in our draft. Well, I, I love his in a draft and hold. I love his flexibility for one. Uh, you get, you get, I believe it's second, third, and outfield, maybe something like that. It's, uh, um, third, short, and outfield. Third, short, and outfield. It's pretty sweet. And then um, you know, last year in 122 games, 276, 14 homers, eight steals, 55 runs, 46 RBIs. I like that. I think Grissom probably has the ceiling, as you've mentioned, but I'd go Duran personally for me. I'd go Ezekiel Duran because he's also projected to be the um, – well, 
Trinity is starting to age, um, and there's a lot of mouths to feed in Texas. At the same time, there's a lot of injury risk players in Texas, and that's how Ezekiel got a lot of his playing time last year, given he got a lot of it when uh, Josh Young went down, so he had to play that one. I like Duran's talent level, but I think playing time and upside probably goes to Grissom. Probably give you that one. Where's, where, where's, old, where's old Curlin got Duran on his little thing here? He's got Duran on the bench against righties and in there against lefties. So strong um, platoon. Yeah, I, I like it. I just think like, so for not, I like him more in draft and hold because at some yes. point during the season, you're going to need Ezekiel Duran. I 100%. think if you take Ezekiel Duran in a, in a, fab league with cuts you're taking someone who i don't think has a regular job to start the season and so mm-hmm. like some of the thing we were just talking about how long do you keep that on your bench you don't stash? like I, I think you just cut him but i think in drafting holds and like maybe best balls or whatever i think he's a better option there 100 i agree with you on that one uh thomas travato he says uh should you keep a second round Corey seager an 11th round o'neill cruz or a 16th round Trevor Story. Seager has the injury concerns. Cruz, a big question mark. Story's 20 35, but batting average. I think you still keep Corey Seager, but those are some, that's a tough, tough three pack right there. I'd think, I it's, I, I think it's Seager, Story, Cruz. Nice. I'll go the opposite. I'll go Cruz. I think, I mean, so like if I understand it correctly, you're giving up your second round pick to get Corey Seager. Yeah. Which, which you, you can just draft him there draft. anyway. I, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, that's I think that's how like, it typically yes. works though. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think you're paying the full price for Seager, which again is fine. Um, the 11th round for O'Neill Cruz, especially if this is like a keeper league, we haven't really talked about O'Neill Cruz. Because honestly, I don't know what the hell to expect from O'Neill Cruz. We got a question coming up next about O'Neill Cruz. So oh, we'll great, yeah. great. Um, but I would in a keeper league, like eleventh round seems. I mean, O'Neill Cruz's ADP is eighty eight right now, so that's already a pretty good discount. And in a keeper league, like that, just seems like someone you want to take a shot on ceiling wise. So I, I'd go O'Neill Cruz. All right, we'll see how that goes. Sorry, Thomas, we couldn't get a, like, a uniform answer for you there. Uh, Finn at Justin K- Justin R. Klein says, on a scale of one to Roberto Clemente, that's 21, folks, how much do you guys like O'Neill Cruz to break out? Great Jesus. question. Great pirate lingo in there and everything. That was beautiful. Yeah, well uh, well put. Um, I mean, everything I see, like all the tools are absolutely off the charts. We haven't really seen O'Neill Cruz in over a year, so like Honestly, I don't know. I I think there's massive breakout potential with O'Neill Cruz. Um, I just I, don't, I, I can't sit here and say he's going to do it because I just I don't know what we. I mean, the lot the the biggest thing that holds O'Neill Cruz back right now was a 35 percent strikeout rate in his one full season in 2022. Like that is really bad. That is really bad. But the home runs and steals could be could be i mean it's the lazy comp because they're the same last name or whatever but mm-hmm. uh could be ellie de la cruz-esque so there's breakout potential but like dude really needs to work on the plate approach yeah i just don't know what to expect the fact that he was supposed to come back multiple times last year kept having setback 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 and you know maybe they're also out of it so let's just take it easy till 2024 there's a lot of what ifs with O'Neill cruz that concern me and 
people that listen to us by now should know how we feel about what ifs when we draft right, more often like, than not. And it's it's a we've admitted it can be a blind spot as well. So Cruz could make us pay the price. But like if you are a projections person, for instance, let's have fun with this. He's projected for 128 games, 25 homers, 21 steals, 251. That's like Trevor Story could be a poor man's deal. Cruz just won't have the average. Like that's their Thyro Estrada is going uh, after O'Neill Cruz, and there's a, an insanely similar skill set there. So it's just there's other guys that are going later that I I kind of have more confidence in. Let's put it that way. Maybe not the answer you want to hear, but that's where I'm at. So on a scale of one to twenty-one, one being love, twenty-one mean fade. Where would you put O'Neill Cruz? <laughs> Wait, oh, 21 is low. We love Roberto Clemente. We don't want to fade Roberto Clemente. Okay, so 21 is high, one is low. I don't know. <laughs> Men's max, high, low. Clemente uh, to one. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go like Clement on the scale. I'll go like 15, 16, something like that. Yeah, I'll go 12. Let's have some fun. Let's go a little a little <laughs> over half. So, but yeah. Bubba fades Roberto Clemente is the uh, – No, I fade it. O'Neill Cruz, stop it now. That's kidding. Uh, I mean, we did we did take Xander Bo in our picks or whatever earlier segment. We took the two guys going after O'Neill Cruz. Yep. Xander Bo that's just our style though. So hundred percent. Uh big Lebo ninety one says, So is the lesson going to be pick your shortstop second baseman, middle infielder on picks ninety through one thirty and go pitching an outfield in the first six rounds? I could see myself building a team like that. I take a shortstop usually pretty early, but if I don't get them, I'm not going to force them. So, in reality, could you go Bogarts and, you know, Geloff and Estrada? I could live in that world. I'm not saying everybody wants to, but I could see it. Yeah. I feel like a little. I feel a little more firm on the 90 to 130 on on second base. There were just a few more options. I think at this position, really, it's only Xander and Dansby for us And, and, and Tyra. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm much more willing to go early on shortstop, but there's just a there's kind of like w- what you were saying. There's there's a few more options that I think we both really like earlier in the draft. Yeah, like the second base early options are kind of skeptical with with just what's going around them. The shortstop early options, it's like if I can get Bobby Witt, I'm taking Bobby Witt. Like Trey Turner, like these dudes are freaking yeah. next level good. Yeah. Um, Jake at Dyer Trav asks, no Tim Anderson at all. I'll leave, oh. that, question. I'll leave that question for you, Mister. Bloomfield. T.A. Where is he at? Yeah, so Tim Anderson he's, is not. He's, he's unsigned. I'm looking for a job. Doesn't have a job. He is. T.A. is the oh, the 31st shortstop off Man, the board right now. How things have changed. How things have changed. Um, I mean, I have drafted Tim Anderson a few times, uh-huh. even in gladiator leagues in the last round. I mean, look at the guy's track record. Yes, he was awful last year. I fully admit but look at the guy's track record um i i i doubt you will find many players going outside the top 30 at their position at tim anderson's age and track record so that's the case for tim anderson the case against him is is what we saw last year and he might not be good enough to hold down an everyday job and has not signed with the team yet so Yep, we'll see how that one goes. Like, part of me wants the Giants to sign him for cheap and let Luciano oh. season, season some more. Like, because I think, I think he can't be as bad as he was last year. Let's put it that way. So, oh, no, almost, almost by definition, he can't. Yes. Um, at Tom Greller says, 
I have Turner and Wit as a as two of my five keepers with the emojis. Congratulations, that's pretty pretty good. Damn. Uh, our buddy Kyle Bland from Pitcherlist, the man behind one of the big reasons behind POV, uh, says is Nico's lack of power too big of an issue for you at the, that point in the draft? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like I, I don't even know if Nico hits twelve home runs, which is the steamer projection, and yep. and thus the. RBI as well. So we yeah, we went into a lot more detail on Nico on the second base show, but uh those were those were the highlights, the low lights, I guess. The low lights depends on how you want to look at it hundred percent. But uh yeah, power problem for sure. All right, Mr. Bloomfield, that'll wrap us up there. Shortstop in the books, middle infield in the books, we'll have third base on Tuesday and outfield episode one on Thursday. Um anything else you got on the the position this week? Fantasy general, what you got? Uh, go Bills, beat the Chiefs, and I'm, go, I'm, good. Uh, I'm good with that. Yeah, man. Um, and go school. Let's have go some school, school on Friday. Let's have school. Let's give, let's give uh, Bloom and, and Mama Bloom a little breather for at least one day for the weekend kicks back up. Yeah, I'll, I'll root for you on that one. I'll, I'll be pulling for you, but uh, I, I'm glad I didn't call anyone else Trey Turner through the episode. Had a had a had a had a rocky start there. But I, I think I recovered okay. You you bounced back beautifully. I had nothing, nothing to complain about there. It was, it was solid, so we'll we'll be just fine. I don't think anybody will notice too much or give you a hard time. His Twitter's at Ryan BHQ. Everybody, if you need to find him. But uh, yeah, it was fun stuff. Good way to end the week. Episode one hundred of the books. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, thanks everybody as always for continuing to listen to the show and make this a pretty pretty cool thing we got going on here. So I appreciate you all for that. And seriously, let's check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Intric. This is Bubba and the Bloom, episode 100. Catch you all next time. Mm-hmm.